0: you're listening to the entrepreneur ignited podcast
1: where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital
0: entrepreneurs entrepreneur launch your online business live your dreams now here's your host derek gale Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast designed to skip all the hype, skip the BS, just give you guys real actionable tips and strategies from real successful digital entrepreneurs that you can use to grow your business and income on the internet. This is your host, Derek Gale, and I'm really looking forward to today's interview. Our guest is a really incredible entrepreneur who I met for the first time back in 2011 when I was co hosting the Underground Online Seminar with Yannick Silver. And he was actually one of our keynote speakers. He's a New York Times best selling author who has sold over 1.5 million books. This guy's been featured everywhere. Good Morning America, Home Shopping Network, Fox, uh, NBC News, People Magazine, the list goes on. And uh, he's got a really, really cool story. Uh, You know, in 2011, he left a a Wall Street job, a six-figure job, so he could spend some more time with his kids. And uh, he went on to earn millions in both online marketing and traditional book publishing. And today he teaches students around the world uh, his strategies for... Not only creating success, but living a lifestyle, creating a lifestyle business, so you can earn more while working less, which is really the ultimate goal here. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ron Douglas to the show today. Ron, thanks for being here. Hey, Derek, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome intro. <laughs> cool, <laughs> and uh, totally looking forward to this. I mean, you know, when I saw your talk uh, back in 2011, I was just—I, uh, I mean, everybody was on the edge of their seats. It was—it was fantastic. Now, uh, you're a, a wealth of valuable information. You've, been, you've done so much. You've done so well. And we could talk for hours. Um, but we're going to drill down onto spe- some specifics and, uh, you know, uh, with, with the success you've created with publicity, stuff like that. But before we get into that, can you expand on my introduction and just share your journey, how you went from Wall Street to, to creating a business, a best-selling author with a, with a cookbook, uh, you know, to making millions as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's the long story now. <laughs> Cole's <laughs> notes, buddy. Cole's notes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll give you the short version. I um, always wanted to be an entrepreneur since way back. I went to business school and I was working for J.P. Morgan Chase at the time, and a friend I met in business school got hired after we graduated by a company that did direct marketing for uh, cell phone contracts. So he kind of introduced me to email marketing, which was the department he was in charge of. So I was blown away that you could make money that way. You could build email lists, you know, give away free things, get them on your email list and then sell stuff. And you can make money just by pressing a button and sending out a broadcast email and reach thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people just by doing that. And back then, I mean, you could also tell people to forward those emails on to other people and, and, you know, the marketing reach you could have for, free once you have an email list just blew me away. So that's what I got involved in early on was list building. And I kind of struggled along trying to find my niche. You know, I was uh, an affiliate promoting other people's products. And I started out selling information marketing related products and internet marketing related products. And I didn't really do that well because I didn't have much of uh, a background or much credentials back then. This was 2001. So I figured I'd jump into something that I can dominate and be kind of be like a big fish in. And one of my hobbies was cooking. So I figured, okay, what can I do in cooking that was different? So I eventually stumbled upon the copycat recipes niche. So I would teach people how to make their favorite recipes, their favorite dishes from restaurants like Olive Garden, Cheesecake Factory, Chain Restaurants, Red Lobster, TGI Fridays, so I would come up with my version of these recipes and I started a blog and started an email newsletter about it and then started a digital cookbook, an ebook, put that on ClickBank. And at the time I was doing this part-time, I was still working for JP Morgan Chase full-time, but I was starting this little business part-time, and it, it, it was a hit. People started buying it, affiliates started promoting it. Before I knew it, I was at the top of the marketplace for Clickbank for the cooking category. And And one of the best things I did was offer people free recipes, five free recipes, free sample recipes. If you don't want to buy, you know, if you're not interested in buying, here's the free sample recipes. So everybody that left the page, if they didn't buy they were offered that. And I started building up a huge following for that, started getting momentum and more affiliates promoting it. And I started really investing heavy in Google AdWords, which back then was my big breakthrough because Google AdWords, you can get clicks this was uh two thousand and three, two thousand and four. At that time, I mean, you can get traffic for five and ten cents per click.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, long story short, I built this big following. I sold over sixty thousand self-published books. I had over one hundred fifty thousand subscribers. So, I had my own platform. So, in two thousand and eight, I uh, left my job. I pitched. I uh, left my job in two thousand and seven. I got a book deal in two thousand and eight with Simon and Schuster because mainly because I could sell books and I was a proven entity. And I started getting a lot of publicity for it, got on all these different shows, especially for a version of a KFC recipe that I had. I was the guy who had cracked the code on KFC's secret recipe. So I got a lot (laughs) of media attention for that. Ended up on Home Shopping Network a bunch of times, and it just kind of dominoed and took off from there. And today, I've sold over 1.5 million books along six titles. So I've done six cookbooks, 1.5 million total. It was crazy. It's like, that's... One cookbook for every one it's like one book in every 100 households. So one out of every 100 households has a book in the United States with my face on the back of it. It's just wow. like a thing.:
0: That's it. Yeah. I mean, when you put it into perspective like that, the, the numbers are staggering, really. Incredible. So OK, so now you've got so what does your business look like today? Let's start there.
1: My business today, I mean, I still have the books and bookstores that are selling. I still get royalties from that. But I have a, a bunch of different businesses. I have a publishing business still in the cooking market where I have an email newsletter and have advertisers who pay me for ads for that. And I have like different products and membership sites related to cooking. And my wife pretty much runs that business for me these days. And then I'm focused on two other markets and in information marketing. One of them is Facebook ads. I teach people how to profitably run Facebook ads. And I do it as kind of like a case study as I'm running Facebook ads for my own niche product in the cooking market. I share my results and show people what's working for me. And you know I have students that uh, pay me for that. And I'm also in the market where I teach writers how to build an audience, how to make money from their writing skills, how to get publicity, how to publish a book. And I, I teach people topics related to that. And I do coaching and, and webinars and things like that related to those three markets.
0: So effectively, your entire business right now is is info, information marketing. And so, so your progression was effectively launching the book, becoming successful as a writer, and now teaching people how you became successful as a writer and how you market yourself as a writer. Is that correct?
1: yeah yeah that's pretty much it I mean I also do some other stuff with uh, I take the money I earn from online and I do real estate investing I buy income properties so that's kind of taking on a whole other business of its own but yeah essentially I just teach people to do what I do and I, it's, it tends to be a good formula well, right
0: it, it is a great formula <laughs> right and and that's that's the whole uh message I'm trying to get to our listeners here is You know, so many times people are sitting on something, some kind of knowledge, or something that they've done well that they could teach other people to do. And I've watched so many people write books and become successful in this little niche of publishing, but then not monetize these other areas around it, like what you have with teaching people how to become successful as a writer. Uh, So you know, there's 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 a lot to be learned from how your business has progressed by teaching people uh, doing these different things. Now, of all the things that you – in your business, what's your favorite section of it? What what are you most passionate about?
1: I think I'm most passionate about helping people succeed, right? Because I spent a lot of time in the cooking market and that's more of an entertainment-related market. I mean, granted, people will make the dishes and give you props and say, oh, this came out great. But you're not really helping anybody directly, with mm-hmm. that, You know, you're just kind of selling products that are entertainment. But with the coaching and the information publishing that I do to help entrepreneurs and writers, I have more gratification from that because I'm directly helping people and I see how I'm changing lives directly, you know, financially and just helping people overall. It's mm-hmm. more of an impact, I believe.
0: Right. So, uh, okay, so we're going to shift gears and we're going to totally jump around here because as you've been saying things, little th- questions have been popping to my mind. Now, I, I want to talk about the publishing deal that you got with Simon & Schuster because you said something interesting there and that was you were a proven entity. And so, I, you know, I know there's lots of people out there that have ideas for writing and stuff like that, but they have no idea how to get the attention of, a, a for example, a Simon & Schuster to get published in that. So tell us more about that and that process. How did that go? How did, you, you know, how did you get that deal? And when you say proven entity, explain that.
1: Right. Well, big publishers like Simon and & Schuster and some of the other ones are, are really getting their lunch eaten right now by by Amazon, right? So their business model is kind of old and antiquated. So they don't really want to take a whole lot of risks on authors who are not proven or don't have a higher probability of them at least getting their investment back. You know, because when they do a book with somebody, they put their own manpower and they put their own resources into it and they have to pay for printing and all the stuff. They have to pay for they have to pay for the advance for the author. So it's an investment for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't really want to invest in you unless they are pretty sure about you, so the way you make them sure about you is to show them like you're you're somebody worth investing in. you're somebody that could sell books. you know once the book comes out, you're somebody that could move some units so by being a known entity, being somebody who has credibility, being somebody who's known as an expert in the field, and being someone who has a platform, it's a lot easier to get a book deal. like my first book deal with them, I got a hundred thousand dollar advance. And, I, you know, that was my first one out of the gate, $100,000 advance to do two books with them. And all they really did was take the books I would already done and then, you know, put them into their own collection and started putting them in bookstores and stuff. And just I went through an editing process, but it really was just the books I had already written. Mm-hmm. They took it and made their own uh, kind of made it their own, you know, with their own distribution. And, and I was able to get four more books also because they saw that I was getting a lot of publicity. <laughs> So I got two more book deals after that first one because of that. So it's just a business uh, arrangement where you know they if they feel they can make money from you, they they'll go with you, you know? And, and it doesn't say anything about like uh whether or not you should self-publish, you know, if you you can sell a lot of units yourself self-published. You know, if you don't have a book that has the kind of mainstream type of appeal like like I did, you know, I had a cookbook with Featuring restaurant recipes, so mm-hmm. I was kind of leveraging on the backs of these restaurant names, and it was already popular. You know, it it was easy to market that, right? Yeah. Learn the secret recipes from Olive Garden, Red Lobster. You know, it's just a, a really good niche. So that yeah. had mainstream appeal. So I was able to get in to uh, the book into Target into Walmart on Home Shopping Network. On a scholastic book corpse would buy like 30,000, 40,000 books at a time and, and sell them at their book fairs. So, But if you don't have that type of appeal with your book, I mean, it's no shame in self-publishing and you know, using your book to build that credibility that way and establish yourself as an industry expert.
0: Now, a question for you: When Simon and Schuster, when you did that deal with them, obviously they came to you because they saw, hey, this guy knows how to sell books; he's got a channel. Did, was there a some kind of promotional commitment you had to make where you said to them, "Yeah, I'll promote this to my database as well"?
1: Well, not a, a written commitment; it was just kind of a general understanding. Like once the book came out, right, I was going to get on board with promoting it. But you know, we we pitched the book deal to them. We had a, a literary agent that put together a book proposal. That's how it usually works. Yeah. And then they, they listen directly to their literary agents. So you just pitch your, you know, why you should, why they should publish your book. And within 90 days, we contacted a bunch of publishers and we had that book deal with Simon & Schuster within 90 days of pitching it.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So now let's talk a little bit about the publicity, right? Because you've, you've had, I'd venture to say, millions and millions of dollars in free publicity. And uh, now from what you were saying there... You were generating your own publicity. This wasn't a Simon Schuster thing. So, or, or who was generating the publicity there?
1: Right. Well, I hired a, a publicist when I first got started. When I first got the uh, book deal, actually, before I got the book deal, I had hired a publicist, and I had gotten on uh, Fox Business
0: mm-hmm.
1: before I even got the book deal. This was like just on my own with a self-published book, and this was in two thousand and eight right around the time of the Great Depression and financial yeah. collapse and Lehman Brothers. So they loved the story of former Wall Street guy leaves his job on Wall Street to pursue his passion of cooking. They just absolutely love that story because it tied right into the theme of what was happening at the time, right? It was very timely. So I was able to get that first interview with them. And then I was able to leverage that that interview along with my platform that I had to get the book deal. So that was a big part of it as well.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so it was, it was really timely. So I guess what are the lessons that you took out of that that would be applicable to our listeners here in sort of that process?
1: Right. Well, publicity wise, I mean, the media is always looking for news stories, right? And anybody could get on as long as, you could tap into the stories that they're looking to cover.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? So if you could tap in, if you could fit your story and create an angle for your story that fits with what they're looking for. And if you're an established expert on that topic and you can be just by having your own book, I mean, you could self publish a book and all of a sudden you're an expert on that topic, right? Derek Gill, the expert on this topic. I mean, it's not as difficult as it seems. The opportunity is there And it's such a powerful opportunity, but a lot of people don't even think in those terms, don't even uh, pursue it because they say, oh, it's not for me, or they have have stage fright, or they just don't think big like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the people that really got me to think big like that was Tom Bill. I don't know if you know Tom personally. Yeah, I know Tom. Yeah, he was one of the guys I used to talk with a lot back when he worked for Mike Same, and he kind of opened my eyes because he was doing some stuff with uh, a football player, I forget the guy's name, famous quarterback from the Bills. He was doing some stuff with Harriman, helping him get publicity. And he kind of told me, like, your story has legs, man. You should really try to get it out there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's one of the big lessons. Just try to, you know, try to pursue that opportunity if you have a story that fits into what the media is looking for and what the media is currently covering.
0: So with that first story, that first one, you said you didn't have a publicist at that point. You landed that sort of, I think it was a Fox one, uh, yourself.
1: No, I that... had a publicist. I had hired a publicist to get the Fox one. I, I didn't have a book deal yet. Okay. I just had the self-published book.
0: Got it. Okay. So now if you want to go that route, is a publicist required?
1: It helps a lot, mainly because the publicists have the contacts. Yeah. Right? I have the direct contacts. I mean, you can make the contacts yourself. Or you could pay them, you know, a couple thousand dollars, $2,500 or something like that, you know, depending on who they are
0: mm-hmm. to, uh,
1: to kind of try to get you in the door. Well,
0: and I guess this is the big unknown for, I think, most entrepreneurs, especially when they're getting started, right, is when you say hire a publicist, they, they, the, the immediate sort of gut feeling is, well, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a, you know, how do I hire a publicist, right? So, uh, you know, what does that look like? Can anybody go hire one? What, what kind of cost are you looking at?
1: Yeah, anybody can hire a publicist. I mean, it's up to them to determine whether they want to work with you and whether they think they can get you publicity. But, uh, you know, it's just a, if you're an expert at something, you could hire a publicist to try to get you spots on television and local radio and in newspapers related to the topic that you're an expert in. So it doesn't take it, You don't have to be a celebrity. If you look at the people that get on TV, how many of them do you not recognize at all? Like oh. You watch the news show and they just yeah. introduce some guy you've never seen him before, but totally. he's the expert.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've been on, on, on I, I've been on TV a few times and I'm pretty sure most people have obviously zero idea who I am. But, you know, if you're that expert, the uh, now question for you, when you get that publicity, when you've been on a big show, what is the sort of immediate result or impact you feel from that? Is there an immediate result or is it uh, more of a credibility long term thing?
1: Uh, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. I mean, I've had both. I mean, I've had, I've been on shows like, for instance, I was on Fox and Friends a couple of times. And one time in particular, they took the recording from Fox and Friends and it got syndicated right on Yahoo News. So I was on the front page of Yahoo News and that generated a ridiculous amount of traffic. I mean, the publicity helps as well, especially if you're on shows related to your product. So I had a direct product, which was the book that I was trying to sell, and I was on these shows, so I had that brand awareness. So I would look at the stuff. I mean, I, I couldn't see the immediate tracking of, you know, if someone watches the show and then goes to the bookstore and buys the book. All I know is like the months that I was on TV were some of my biggest sales months in bookstores. Right. You know, So it does have an uh, impact and people say, oh, I'm going to get this book. Or, or people see the show and then they happen to be by the bookstore and they, they ask for it. Like, Do you guys have this book and it's like top of the mind awareness that uh, helps them buy it. And people can just go to Amazon too and, and order it right as they're watching the show.
0: Right. Right. And so, okay, so now let's shift gears a, a, a little bit more. And I want to talk about the, the process of, of creating the book, marketing the book, and, and, and turning that a little bit into a business. Because I know you work with a lot of writers and a lot of authors who obviously want to model the success that you've had as an author. Um, now, in into publishing's changed so much. As you said, you know, Amazon, stuff like that for the average person who has an idea that, and let's say it's not a, uh, a mainstream idea that's going to get that kind of America's most wanted recipes publicity. What is the process look like today? What do you coach people to do? Um, and obviously we can't go into the the minutiae. but where's the opportunity for writers? How are, how are they building followings? Uh, what are you advising?
1: Right. Well, the main thing, I mean, I don't really advise fiction writers to be honest. I don't know yes. much about fiction, so it's mainly nonfiction, and it's mainly writing a, a book about a topic that you want to be an expert or perceived as an expert in. Yes, right. So, so I tell people to look at their background, like what do they know more about than the average person, and use that as the basis, or either that, or you could partner with an expert on a topic that you're really interested in. And then you can use the book as a form of lead gen, is what I really typically invite, you know, cause not everybody's going to have a home run with their book. You could put it on Amazon, sell a bunch of copies, but really you could use the book or at least a chapter of the book in terms of getting people on an email list, getting people in a group on Facebook or getting people just to follow you in, in general, use that as kind of lead bait to attract a certain type of person. So if you're, uh, golf instructor. You might write a book on how to you know, improve your golf swing. And then you use your secrets as lead gen to get people on your email list who are interested in improving their their golf game. And now they're on your email list. They look at you as the expert. So then you could sell other type of information products, whether it be a home study course or some type of online workshop or some type of offline seminar or summit, or you could package it together and and sell coaching or you could have some type of mastermind group you know higher ticket items than just you know a book you're limited you can only sell it for maybe 15 bucks you know unless it's some magical book or some some type of special book Mm -hmm. but usually you know 10 to 15 bucks so you really want to use that as a front-end lead gen to build a following and establish yourself as an expert is the main thing i teach people how to do
0: and, and I think there's a, you know, a, 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 that that's a powerful message, right? Like, I mean, especially in the, as you said, we're not talking fiction. I should have made that clear. I, I never talk fiction. I mean, it's 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 all in the in more the education uh, nonfiction, if you will, is what we're talking right. about. Right, so right, right. the uh, the big message there, guys, for all listeners here, is it's not about making money selling books that's not what it's about. It's about lead gen. And it goes back to, I think, Ron, what you talked about initially, the lesson you learned very early on, the opportunity that you saw, which I don't believe has changed much over the past, you know, however many years, decade plus you've been doing this. And that's, it's a a way to build a list. Yep. And then, and then monetize that list going forward, which is, which is absolutely key. Right. So, uh, so, Fantastic. So uh, now just to, as we start to wrap things up, um, you know, my last question for you is, is, you know, for people that are just getting started down this path, um, you know, w- what are the biggest opportunities you see online today with what you're doing? Where should people be spending their time? Any sort of final words of wisdom?
1: Right. I would say spend your time learning how to capitalize on one traffic source. Just find one really good traffic source. And learn everything you can about it. Learn how to build a following. Learn how to reach your target market with that traffic source, and then really learn how to really learn your market and what makes them tick and, and what they really want, what their problems are, what what type of uh, solutions are they looking for. Learn what they currently spend money on. Right? What are they currently buying? You don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. You can position your product as different and better or faster or more efficient or, you know, less expensive, less cumbersome, you know, some some type of competitive advantage, but you can base it on what people are already buying in that marketplace. So I would say when you combine those two things really knowing your market, really knowing how to craft an offer that your market wants, and then mastering one traffic source. I mean, it could be mastering how to get affiliates to promote your product for you, right? How to go Mm -hmm. to events, meet people, have an affiliate program, get people who already have email lists to promote your product. Or it could be mastering how to run Facebook ads and how to reach a target market on Facebook and how to do it profitably, which is one of the things I teach people to do. I have a course called $5 Posts, which teaches people how to do that affordably. But when you combine those things, I mean, you can always make money. It's like those skills that I just mentioned are skills that You can ten years from now, you'll still be making money using those skills, right? It's just the core basis of direct marketing, I suppose, and how to do it online.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and and I just want to go back to that point of of uh, you know find one traffic source and master it because that's such an important message, particularly today. Because I I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this right now. It feels like every Week there's something new, right? You know whether it's a Snapchat or a you know Periscope or a new this or a new that or whatever, and uh, you know all of a sudden <clears throat> we're doing too many things and we're not doing any of them well and uh you know i'm watching people spread themselves so thin and as a solopreneur which so many of our listeners are you know you can only do so much and so you got to ask yourself where you know where's my market and where's the biggest opportunity so you know let me ask you Ron, where if you were going to pick one place today to focus your time entirely on traffic gen where would it be
1: yeah i would focus on facebook to be honest i mean facebook also encompasses uh Instagram, but mm-hmm. you can run Facebook ads and reach Instagram as well. I really think that's where the hot market is. And it, it also depends on what you're selling too, right? So if you're selling something that reaches more like professional people, maybe LinkedIn is your thing, you know, but if you're selling something business to consumer, you can't go wrong with Facebook for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you just look at the sheer numbers of people that are on Facebook, I mean, what are they at now? Like one point five billion or something crazy like that. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, chances are your market's there. It's a case of whether or not you can reach them. And and when you're talking Facebook as well, um, are you focused primarily on Facebook ads, paid advertising, or are you also using sort of the free component of it?
1: Yeah, I do a little bit of both, but but it's become increasingly difficult to reach people for free on Facebook, and they do that by design, right? Because they want people to advertise. Yeah. But when you have when you run ads on Facebook, you build your own following organically as well, because people will just see your ad and like your page mm-hmm. as seeing your ad. So you build like an organic uh, following from that, and the more ads you run, the bigger that gets. So and and it's really a lot cheaper to target people who you have an affiliation with who like your page or people who follow you than it is to target complete strangers on Facebook. And one of the things I'll just give your audience a, a tip, one of the things I, I like to do is to find splinter markets, right? So if I was targeting somebody in the uh, make money online market, I might not go for that directly. Like I might not target people who are fans of Ryan Dice and 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 you or Yannick or you know any of the, the top guys because everybody's targeting that right. I might find a splinter market like uh, writers, for instance. Mm. I can sell writers. I probably shouldn't even be giving this away, right? But
0: <laughs> I know why I'm writing it out. Know, this is great. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I can sell. I could
1: sell writers like they need a blog. They need they need uh, list building. They need traffic. They need all the same stuff that make money online people need. But they're a lot cheaper to target. The same thing with with fitness. Like it's kind of hard to run fitness-related ads on Facebook because they have all these restrictions about you can't make fitness-related claims. You know, you can't show before and after pictures and promise people they're going to lose weight. You know, it's like the hater rule. Facebook doesn't want (laughs) people to to really, you know, be persuasive with their ads. They just want generic stuff. They really just want people sending people to content. Yeah, and sending yeah. people to blog posts and information and then trying to market them on their own site instead of on Facebook. Or or just in general, they want people keeping keeping other their users right on Facebook, right? And, yeah, and getting yeah. them to like your page and stuff like that. So I was I was talking about the fitness market. So with the fitness market, instead of targeting fitness people, you could target people who are into cooking, right? Which is another one I probably shouldn't have given away. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the cooking, the cooking market goes right into fitness. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my advertisers that advertise with me are fitness folks. Mm. Or or diet, health, and weight loss. Because I like to tell people, I get people fat with the recipes, and then I sell them (laughs) weight loss solutions. So so I'm the problem and the solution. (laughs)
0: Uh, Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) I mean, guys, what you just heard there was an absolutely brilliant, uh, uh, brilliant Facebook strategy there, because I mean, it's such a powerful way to think, and Again, so many people say, "Ah, oh, you know, I got to target people who want to learn how to make money online. So I'll go directly after that. But if you can go after what, what Ron called a splinter market, which I love the, that term, um, if you can go after these splinter markets, not only are you going to lower your cost of advertising, you're also going to be able to create a far more custom message that really speaks directly to them, which is going to get you a much higher result as well, which is fantastic. So that, that's, that, that was a huge tip. And, and th- thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. So, uh, now, before we wrap up, uh, Ron, where can people connect with you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing with writers, what you're doing with Facebook, stuff like that?
1: Right. Well, if you just want to go to my personal blog, it's at rondouglas.com. If you're interested in Facebook ads, I have a whole program for that. It's at $5 Posts, like five spelled out, $5Posts.com, where I teach people how to target Facebook ads with little $5 ads that target different interests related to your market, how to laser target in and save a lot of money. Because the main thing is like you don't want to target everybody. You don't want to target 1.5 billion people, and you don't want to target all the freebie seekers. You just want to target the people who are interested in your product or your service or your email list, and I teach you how to do that as well. If you're interested in, in writing and writing for a living and writing books and publishing, we have this great resource we recently uh, launched that's going on right now. It's called Writer. Appreciationweek.com, where we have a bunch of free stuff that we're giving away to writers to help you, you know, monetize your writing. And we also have a, uh, a special offer there where you can join our writer community. A lot of people have succeeded in that community, just learning from each other and learning how to best monetize their writing skills.
0: And, and just to be clear, guys, for the listeners here, when he's talking writers, he's not talking fiction right? He's not talking you have to be writing the latest romance novel. <laughs> Correct? You're talking about people that are writing effectively information products.
1: Yeah, yeah. Information marketers. I mean, we cover a little bit of fiction related stuff related to Amazon Kindle and how to put it on there. But you know, we're more catered towards people who are um, nonfiction and just using their, their book to establish themselves as, as an expert and uh, yeah. sell books that way and use it as lead gen.
0: Fantastic! All right, Ron. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and sharing so so many tips, strategies, and uh, yeah, some re- some real awesome ones there on Facebook. And then that was fantastic. So again, thanks so much for your time here today, Ron. It was a pleasure having you. Oh, thank you, Derek. My pleasure. Fantastic. All right, everyone. That was uh, best selling author and digital entrepreneur Ron Douglas. And as always, any links that Ron mentioned there will be included in the show notes. So if you head over to entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast, and uh, you'll find uh, Ron's interview featured there. If you don't find him, just search Ron, you'll find him, and uh, you'll find all the links to the, uh, the resources that he just mentioned. And so uh, if you like what you heard here today, guys, I would love it if you left me a rating. A review on iTunes if you're an iTunes user, or on SoundCloud, or even on Stitcher. Uh, we're on all of those, and uh, guys, it's your feedback that gives me the momentum and motivation to continue making these podcasts. We're almost at our one-year anniversary of making these podcasts, and we've had such incredible entrepreneurs and such incredible feedback. So, uh, continue leaving me that feedback. I'll continue giving it my all and giving you the best uh, interviews possible with amazing entrepreneurs just like uh, Mister Ron Douglas here today. So now it's time to take the tips, tools, and strategies you learned here today and apply that final essential ingredient that's going to make it work for you. And that ingredient is, you got it, action. So go forth, take action, apply what you've learned, and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. Thanks for listening to another info packed episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast with Derek Gale.
1: For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, go to EntrepreneurIgnited.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.